0: Hello everyone, just to fill you in on what's been going on the last two weeks, you've probably noticed we've had a delay in getting episodes 99 and 100 out, and the reason is we recorded episodes 99 and 100 back on October 2nd, and around that time Mike was was getting sick and he let us know that during the episode, in fact you'll be... When you listen to episode 99, you'll only hear him at the start and at the end of the episode because he figured to just let us go ahead on the topic regarding the subject of episode 99, and he basically came in for episode 100. But he's was getting very sick, and he decided to go to the hospital, to the ER, just to Check about what was going on, and the situation was very serious. Um, Mike won't be on the podcast for the next little bit. It It was very quite serious for a bit, but we just want to let you know he is, as of the time I'm recording this right now on October 12th, he is recovering right now from what happened. And just to let you know, we have a GoFundMe set up for... His medical expenses right now, you can go to tinyurl.com slash Strong. And in fact, it's on the description of this episode in episode 99. So you'll be hearing Mike in the start of the episode briefly and at the end of the episode. And you'll, when we get to episode 100 and we release that uh, sometime in the future, we will have that up for you. Me and Chica right now, we're going on a week by week basis, trying to record the show and deciding what we're going to do from here on out, but we are going to try to get some episodes out for you guys, we're going to try to get some content in the meantime during this downtime, and we're going to keep pressing forward because Mike wants us to do what we want to do with the show, so Mike says we can go ahead, we'll go ahead, so. Let's do that from here. So, right now, enjoy this episode about a robot who is, for some reason, not a robot. Enjoy the story of Chameleon on Doctor Who.
1: This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is
0: Dr. Lee Friends. It stinks. What is going <laughs> on? What is going on? Episode 99, submission 1291, Chameleon on Doctor Who. Chameleon was a companion of the fifth Doctor, appearing in the serial The King's Demons, which aired from March 15th to March 16th, 1983 on BBC One, and in Planet of Fire, which aired from February 23rd, 1984 to March 2nd,
1: 1984 on BBC One. We sing in praise of total war Against the Samson we are To free the tomb of Christ our Lord We'll put the known world to a sword
2: Welcome,
1: my dear Your Majesty seems in need of a doctor Allow me to introduce Chameleon Your work Ah, modesty forbids such a claim. Chameleon is the tool of an earlier invader of Zeraphas, and instrumental in my escape from that benighted planet. This is your King John. Look again. Impressive. A weapon used by the invaders of Xeraphas, a decoy, capable of infinite form or personality. Interesting. Well said, my demon. We are a complex mass of artificial neurons. And controlled by? Nothing more than simple concentration and psychokinetics. Look again. Can anyone play? Please. Quite mastery. You flatter me. I prefer Bad King John.
2: Okay, so Doctor Who has always been known for exceptional storytelling, fantastical ideas, and incredibly deep characters, like the Doctor and the Master and the Ronnie and Sarah Jane Smith, and uh the that shrill little chick played by Jenna Coleman. I forgot what her name. Uh, uh, Clara. Clara. Clara Oswald. Oh, but you're you're
0: forgetting the you're forgetting the biggest one of all. A Lord Rasalon? No, I'm not talking about Timothy Dalton. I'm oh. talking talking about a a certain little redheaded girl. A
2: certain little uh the the Amelia? Yeah. Amy Pond. Come along, Pond. Yes. So needless to say, Doctor Who was a series that has not been afraid to Think outside the box, both in storytelling and in character developments. Of course, not every character can be canine. No. Case in point: today's subject, chameleon. Who uh, he he's mentioned as a robot, but Greg keeps telling me he's not a robot. He's not a robot. Now, are we talking not a robot as in Mega Man is not a robot, or not a robot as in he is an organic life form? Sure. Anyway, I suppose if we're going to tell the story of Chameleon, we should tell the entire story of Chameleon. And it and it brings us back to the year 1215, when the Doctor and... If we're going to go back to the beginning of the Chameleon story... Suppose we need to go all the way back to the beginning of the chameleon story. So we're going to uh, briefly uh, sum up the King's Demons, where the Doctor and Tegan arrive in England in the year 1215. And we have King John of England.
0: Yeah, and he's at the castle of Sir Ranulf Fitzwilliam to extort more taxes. And when the Lord refuses to pay, the King insults him. So to defend his honor, his son Hugh takes on the King's champion, Sir Giles Erstrom, in a joust.
2: Uh-oh.
1: And also, we should add uh, 1215 King John. The big thing that happened that year was the Magna Carta.
2: D- of course, the duel was interrupted. Of course, the duel was interrupted, as duels are wont to do by the arrival of the TARDIS.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a good thing it was like a normal joust, because... I doubt the Taurus would interrupt the joust from American Gladiators.
2: Yeah. Well, so the Doctor, Tegan, and Turlow, they're not actually in London. They're uh, again, in the castle of Radolf Fitzwilliam, which is not in London. He knows this because he he correctly surmises that that is not King John. Because King John is in London, and they are not in London.
0: Hmm. So, So, yeah. Yeah. So then, Sir Geoffrey de Lacey, the cousin of Sir Randolph, arrives at the castle and confirms he knows that the king is in London. Sir Giles is about to torture him as a liar during a royal banquet when the doctor intervenes. It seems the king's champion is not who he claims to be, either. Sir Giles sheds his disguise and reveals himself to be oh my god guys the master! What? He, I know! He flees in his own tortoise which had been disguised as an iron maiden.
2: That sounds kinky. The king knights the doctor as his new champion and he's given full run of the castle. It's basically home alone at this point because yeah. Yeah. So the doctor confronts the king and the master and discovers the truth about everything. The monarch is actually a <laughs> called chameleon. What what'd you say he was, Chico? I said. Well, I would say he was a robot, but then you would just say he's not a robot. No, he's not a robot. He's he is a he is a, a, a even though he is mechanical. Yeah. But he's not a robot. He, okay, okay, I get the, okay. He's described as a war weapon bound by the Master on Xerathus, who changes shape. He's a changeling. He's a changeling! I totally understand and get that he's not a robot, because if I'm gonna, I'm gonna poach from Star Trek now, measure of a man where three sort of pillars of sentient life are established intelligence, self-awareness, and consciousness. Well, he's intelligent, but highly suggestible. He's self-aware, and I, I can't measure conscience, so... All right, you know what? He's not a robot. He's a weapon. He's a weaponized intelligence of some sort. So he's disguised as King John. The Master attends that Chameleon will behave so appallingly... So as to provoke a rebellion and topple the real King John, thus robbing the world of, Mike said it himself, the Magna Carta, the foundation of parliamentary democracy. So in a a universe and a timeline where the master is always looking to find new and exciting ways to get everybody to revere him as a god, this was one of them. So the Doctor resolves the situation by testing the Master in a battle of wills for control over Chameleon. He takes control of the robot and steals it away in his TARDIS spoiling the Master's scheme Chame- and history continues unabated. Chameleon reverts to its robot form although it's not a robot and thanks to the Doctor for his assistance and rescue. Chameleon pretty much acts as the tin dog for lack of a better term. yeah,
0: (laughs) He's there, but he's not actually there accompanying the Doctor, Tegan, and Turlo on their journeys. In
2: fact, the only time we don't see him outside of a flashback scene in the case of Andrasani is in another serial, Planet of Fire.
0: Oh, yes. So now, so yeah, this is the fifth serial of the 21st season in Doctor Who. So this is Now, the Fifth Doctor and Turlo are traveling. So, in the previous entry, which would have been Resurrection of the Daleks, that was Tegan's final serial on Mm -hmm. Doctor Who.
2: So, the Doctor would be left with Turlo at this point.
0: Yep. But it's the debut of a companion in this episode.
2: Yep. Uh, Apparently, what the BBC passes for the California Girl Next Door... Perry Brown, played by the always stunning Nicola Bryant. Yes. And it is also marks the return of, oh, look, the Master's back.
0: Oh, no.
2: Oh, yes.
0: Oh, after the shenanigans he tried to pull in the five Doctors.
2: Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he you, know, you know, the Master never learns. Anyway. So that takes us to the desert world of Sarn, where robed natives worship the fire god Logar and follow the chief elder Timanov, who demands obedience. <laughs> Does this remind you of anything? Uh, dissenters are known as unbelievers, and two of them, Emion and Roscal, cause unrest when they claim to have ventured to the top of the mountain, but haven't found Logar. One of the Sarns, Malkon, is known as the Chosen One because of the unusual double triangle symbol birds into his skin. He's also unusual for having been found as a baby on the slopes of the sacred Fire Mountain. The same triangle symbol is found in a me- on a metal artifact uncovered in an archaeological dig in Lanzarote overseen by Professor Howard Foster. His stepdaughter Perry Brown is bored with the dig and wants to go traveling in Morocco because that's what bored stepdaughters want to do. They want to go to Morocco. But that's not... But we're not here to talk about Perry. The oh, yeah. Are... oh yeah,
0: we're not here to talk about Perry. We could talk about many things about Perry, but no.
2: That's that's for another episode. Um, this, of course, what's a bored stepdaughter to do? Oh look! The TARDIS has landed!
0: Oh joy.
2: The fifth doctor returns to the TARDIS after attempting to triangulate the source of the signal being emitted by the artifact that Perry's stepfather dug up, and the ship dematerializes seemingly on its own, arriving on Sard. and the Doctor and Turlo set off to explore. Chameleon has meanwhile made mental contact with its old controller, the Master, who attempts to assert his control and change Chameleon's appearance from that of Howard. Chameleon tries to warn Perry of the Master, but the Master succeeds in gaining control. So at this point, The Master is back in control of Chameleon. Are you following along? Okay. She flees the TARDIS with the creature in pursuit as the rumblings of the volcano of Sard gathers ferocity. So, Timonoff has damned the unbelievers to be sacrificed to appease Logar. They flee to a secret base in the mountains filled with seismological apparatus, which the Doctor and Turlo stumble across. The Doctor informs the unbelievers that the tunnels which have been their refuge are volcanic vents, which will soon fill with liquid hot magma. Liquid hot magma. We also learn that Turlo is of the same race as those who colonize the planet. When the indigenous people see his Mesos triangle, they greet him as the second chosen one. Turlo realizes Malcon may be his brother and becomes even more worried when Perry turns up and mentions the Master. So, some stuff happens... Chameleon is once again in the control of the Master. He uh, disguises himself as the Outsider and convinces Timenoth of the appropriateness of harsh action, and when the Doctor arrives with the unbelievers, they are all seized for burning.
0: Oh, no. No, not burning.
2: Yeah. Burning. However, Malkon and Perry arrive shortly afterwards and stop this, though not before Malkon has been injured. Turlo is aghast when he finds his relative has been shot, and the doctor presses him for as much information as he has on the strange circumstances of Sarn. It's a long-abandoned Tryon colony planet, and Turlo, a Tryon, suspects some of his family were sent here after a revolution against the hereditary leading clans of his homeworld. He supposes his father died in a crash, but that Malcon survived while he himself was sent in exile to Earth, overseen by a Triad agent masquerading as a solicitor in Chancery Lane. But that's not important. No. Chameleon is meanwhile sees Perry and uses her to transport a black box into the control room of the TARDIS. It contains a miniaturized master, the real thing... Who has been transformed by a disastrous experiment with his trademark Tissue Compression Eliminator? The, the master thus reestablishes the psychic link with Chameleon to gain the power of movement and has maneuvered the robot, which is not a robot. No it's, Sarn, not a, it's not a robot. To Sarn so that he can take advantage of the restorative powers of the numismaton gas within the fire mountain. <sighs> Does this this is does this make any sense to you? No. Okay. I, Tolo
0: I, I, re- <laughs> I mean, come on, come on, Peter Gr- Grim
2: What were you thinking writing this episode? Trello programs the TARDIS once you know it becomes imminent that it looks like we're all gonna die here in this volcano to rescue the Doctor and Perry from the gas control room, foregoing a chance to stay aboard and escape the military arriving from his homeworld. He finds out a general amnesty has been issued and he is free to return home. Only the Elders choose to remain on the planet to die, facing the erupting volcanoes, R- Timon retaining his faith even in the face of Amion's revelation that Logar was merely a man in a fireproof soup. Another deception! Oh my god! No! Now we come to the bit where you should pay attention, because the Doctor once again frees Chameleon from the Master's hold over him, and interrupts the Numismaton experiment, adding calorific gas to the surge, but is unable to prevent the Master from reacquiring his usual size, maybe a little bit smaller, we all know how the Master is, and becoming A THOUSAND TIMES STRONGER! Oh. And meanwhile, the doctor's all, You can't can't hear this, but I'm doing the, uh, blah 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 hand motion. As the gas flow alters, the master is trapped, and the doctor watches as he is similarly emulated. Implored by the terminally wounded chameleon, he doesn't mention how... How did chameleon get terminally wounded? Translation. We need to get rid of this stupid prop. We'll get there. The doctors put the automaton out of its misery using the TCE. Escaping the destruction of the gas control room in the TARDIS along with Perry, the Doctor lands to pick up Turlo, only to find that he is elected to return to Trion now that he is a free man. Turlo tells Perry to look after the Doctor. Then he parts Don't. from the Doctor, thanking him for all he's learned in his travels. As the Doctor and Perry return to the TARDIS, she says she has a few months' vacation left and would like to spend it traveling with them. And now the Doctor and Perry leave for their next great adventure. And now you know the rest of the story. I need a moment to catch my breath here.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, but by the way, the next... Serial would be, of course, Peter Davison's final serial as the Doctor, of course, as we mentioned, the Caves of Androzani, which is remembered for one particular scene at the end.
2: Yeah, Perry strategically bending over to see what, in fact, the Doctor has become.
0: Yes, that's all we're going to say.
2: Getting back to uh, a crucial key point. Are we going to call this a crucial key point? Yeah, I
0: guess we could.
2: Okay, so we're going to get back to a crucial key point. First thing you got to understand about Chameleon. Well, it's not a robot. It's not a robot. But it is played by a robot.
0: It is played by a robot. It's actually a real robot.
2: It is an actual robot. We are talking Disney World automaton Johnny Five robot. Not a yeah. guy in a suit. It wasn't Anthony Daniels? It wasn't Dick Tufeld? It wasn't Romy J. Sharf? It was an actual puppet. It w- was it a puppet? I guess. I guess it was. call radio- it a puppet?
0: I guess it was a remote-controlled puppet. I think.
2: No, it was, it was controlled by computer. It was basically okay. one. It was basically one step above Johnny Five oh. short circuit. Oh,
0: okay. So, so this was probably powered by what—a Commodore 64 or a BBC Micro or something?
2: Yeah, it was probably. It was. Uh, who was uh, sort of, it was controlled by a, for all we know, it could be an Amstrad. Anyway, or
0: so... A Z- or a ZX Spectrum.
2: Yeah, we, we know British computers. Okay, so uh, Chameleon was not the best thing to work with. No. But they did have workarounds, because Chameleon did change shape, and was played by the... Object of which he changed shape. In The King's Demons, Chameleon as King John was played by King John. What? Evil twin syndrome. It was a giant prop. Yeah, and the
0: Co- reason for this is because... Tell us
2: he, tell us the reason, Greg. Okay,
0: yes. so the executive producer of Doctor Who at the time, John Nathan-Turner, thought... It'd be a great a idea.
2: Install- the writer of previous installment, Dimensions of Time.
0: Yeah, and a future installment, the Doctor Who Trial of a Time Ward season. But yeah, we'll get to that eventually one day. But obviously, what was one of the most popular Doctor Who companions of the day?
2: Um, Sarah Jane Smith. Or yeah. the Tin Dog. Or her Tin Dog.
0: Yes, K9. Because almost K-
2: got almost got a spinoff. That's for another episode. Oh yeah. We'll
0: probably co- Yeah, we'll definitely cover that in Pilot Month next year. K9 and Company. So John Nathan Turner desperately wanted K9 and Company to go to series, but the BBC was like, nope. No. I don't we don't care that this special got high ratings. We're not gonna put this to series. So John Nathan Turner was like I'll show you BBC. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a better robot
2: with blackjack and hookers. And so he
0: did. <laughs> yep, so he did. He found an ad for a robot. This incredible computer controlled robot prop. And he thought, Wow, this would be so great. What better would it be to have this robot on our show?
2: Yep. There's just one problem with that. He was not an Imagineer. He was a writer. But, oh, things got worse.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. The, now, obviously, the robot was difficult for the production team to control, and it malfunctioned frequently. And Oh, my God. Things were made worse, okay? Uh-huh. When the inventor of the robot died in a boating accident, leaving behind the knowledge of the complex codes that controlled the robot.
2: So this was basically a case of The Greatest American Hero, where the hero gets a suit but forgets the instructions? Yeah. Oh, good. You had me worried there. Uh, where where was William Cat
0: and Connie going to help us out here?
2: Yeah, that didn't happen.
0: Well, Chameleon was to appear in the serial The Awakening, designed to bridge the gap between its appearances and to remind viewers of its existence, and the fact that it has been hiding all this time somewhere in the tortoise, But the scene was cut for timing reasons and was never broadcast. So eventually, this scene was recovered onto a video copy of an early edit from The Awakening Episode 1 and appears on the DVD in The King's Demons.
1: What are you doing? Furthering my education. Learning about the TARDIS.
2: Does the doctor know you're tapping the computer?
1: Of course. I won't do it any harm. You'll
2: forget my delight. So the doctor
1: says. Still give me the willies, especially when you use that voice. Can't you find another?
0: Would you prefer this? That's even worse.
2: I find the eclectic quality of Turlow's voice rather interesting.
0: What's happening? I don't know. I think you should go to the console room.
2: Are you coming?
0: No. I'll only be in the way.
2: Hurry. Yeah. So. Okay. So, what happens to Chameleon after all of that? Well, Chameleon lives on
0: in the greatest thing of all for sci fi franchises: spin-off fiction. So, Chameleon appears in the spin-off novels, The Crystal. Bi- I don't even. I don't know how you pronounce that. Bruce Be- 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 <laughs> the Crystal Bucephalus by Craig Hinton. Yeah, I'd be, I'd rather it be the Crystal Bocephus. <laughs> the, the
2: Crystal Bocephus? Yeah, the Crystal Bocephus. Yeah. Are you ready for some time, Lords? Anyway.
0: Imperial Moon and the Ultimate Treasure, both by Christopher Bullis. In The Crystal Bocephalus... Its absence from the televised stories is here explained by saying it remains secreted deep in the TARDIS for fear of being taken over by a stronger personality and used against the Doctor. Although the Doctor and Turla request its aid while visiting a lunar park in Imperial Moon, the park's force field interferes with Chameleon's operating systems, forcing it to remain in the TARDIS until the field was shut down. In the ultimate treasure, it is stated the Chameleon is the product of a race known as the Gazelle I don't even know how you pronounce that. The G- the Gels Sol- the Gelsandorians?
2: Hold, yeah. on. Uh, hold on. I'm li-
0: The Gelsendorians. The Gelsindori okay. Alright.
2: Uh, uh, I um, you know what? I think I think the Orville might have ripped off Chameleon. <laughs> Some
0: of Chameleon's personality survives due to interfacing with the TARDIS. And, and the
2: Gelsendorians so- give it a new body, only for it to sacrifice itself to save the Doctor and Perry.
0: A remnant of the interface resurfaces in the Virgin New Adventures novel, Christmas on a Rational Planet. Chameleon also features in several short stories in the Doctor Who universe. Notably, One Perfect Twilight by Craig Hinton, where the Doctor realizes that obedience and slavery are built into Chameleon's makeup and the reproductive cycle by Matthew Griffiths. In the latter story, the child of Chameleon and the TARDIS, who becomes a double of Perry, takes her place on Earth while the real Perry travels with the Doctor.
2: What?! Oh, it gets worse. There's, there's actually another account on how Chameleon came about, and this is actually from the uh, the Chameleon Empire. Chameleon was one of a number of androids created by the Camille on Macellian as servants through which they could experience the physical world. He was sent to Zarephos as part of an invasion force to wipe out the Xerathen, but it entered a dormant state after the command signal from Bechallion stopped transmitting. So it started out broke, and
0: it ended up broke. Chameleon also made a surprise appearance in the Big Finish audio story, Circular Time. A final trap set by the Master was set to trigger when the fifth Doctor regenerated. Chameleon's mental link to the Doctor still existed, and the Master, also linked to Chameleon, was used to persuade him to not regenerate. A false life as a normal human was created within the doctor's mind, and Chameleon watched over him as his wife.
2: What? Chameleon watched over him as his wife did what now? Chame-
0: so Chameleon pretended to be a a human and pretended to be his wife. Chame- uh, 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 hey? Let's review. Chameleon is not is a ro- is supposedly it, a robot, but it's supposedly not a, robot. a
2: robot who's not a robot.
0: Yeah, and then he then he. Sets a mental link to the Doctor's mind. And and he becomes his wife? Pretending to be a human? Okay. Chameleon ultimately went against his orders and confessed the plan when former companion Nissa was able to make telepathic contact with the Doctor, who was reaching out to his old companions, allowing the Doctor to change and live.
2: Uh, that makes no sense. But then again, this whole thing makes no sense. And by the
0: way, there is supposedly a curse of Chameleon. In the tongue-in-cheek reference book, Doctor Who, The Completely Useless Encyclopedia from 1996, Chris Holhoff and Steve Lyons write that an examination of Chameleon's history reveals the possible existence of a curse of poltergeist proportions. Both Terence Dudley and Peter Grimwade, who scripted the robot companion's appearances, have died. So too have chameleons, human alter egos, Gerald Flood and Dallas Adams, who played his Howard Foster form for most of Planet of Fire. To say nothing of chameleon software designer, Mike Power, who was killed shortly after the decision was taken to include the robot in the series. Eric Pringle should thank his lucky stars that a chameleon sequence was edited out of The Awakening, and Missing Adventure scribe Craig Hinton should start worrying. Hinton, who penned the Missing Adventure the Crystal Brucephalus, which featured Chameleon prominently, later died of a heart attack at the age of 42 in 2006. But guys, the legacy of Chameleon lives on in a DVD extra on the Doctor Who DVD for the King's Demons. It's a 14-minute short called Metal Man, and it describes the, the troubled history with this robot who's not a robot.
2: He's not a robot.
0: No. But there was one person who was very happy when Chameleon had to go, and it was Peter Davison. And let's play the clip.
1: For me, it was, it was great glee, uh, I must admit. Uh, and any, any hint of sadness was just acting.
2: I'm looking at pictures of Chameleon in the Metal Man excerpts. He looks like uh, what would happen if Crichton had a kid with Keek Google it.
0: But yeah, Peter Davison was so happy. He's like, that's not... I wasn't even acting. I was so happy I never had to work with that robot again. Because they couldn't get the thing to work and they had to, they had to just... They, they literally had to, like, lay the robot down in the scene in, in Planet of Fire, where he's like,
1: Ah, the Master telepathic oh!
0: Because they couldn't get it to stand up, so it's like, oh, we'll just lay the, lay the stupid robot down.
2: Something interesting. I wouldn't put it past the BBC to uh, take bits and pieces of Chameleon and repurpose it as Creighton's suit in Red Dwarf. That's another one for Pilot Month. The aborted American version of Red Dwarf.
0: Probably have it somewhere. Yeah. Well, this whole Chameleon thing was so... I mean, among the companions of Doctor Who, Chameleon is not thought of as...
2: Chameleon was Cousin Oliver. Let's it was. It chameleon was. was Cousin Oliver.
0: He was the Cousin Oliver of the Doctor Who canon. He was a terrible prop. Was not a robot, but, oh my god.
2: Definitely had robotic issues, though.
0: Yeah, and all because freaking John Nathan-Turner was pissed at the BBC. Just
2: give John John Nathan-Turner what he wants. This never happens.
0: No, just watch what happens when Michael Grade leads BBC One.
2: Oh, jeez.
0: And, yeah. The less said about that the better. Uh-huh. Michael Grade was the Jeff Zucker of the eighties.
2: Oh the Michael Grade was the Jeff Zucker of the nineties. And two thousands. Michael Gr- Michael Grade is a terrible person.
0: Just like Jeff Zucker.
2: Well, Metal Man. Time to take you out back and shrink you into uh nothingness again, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Because when it was all said and done, Chameleon on Doctor Who, he was just another thing on TV. Uh,
2: they didn't even make it to the action figure stage of popularity. That's just sad. I'm sure maybe
0: someone would buy a Chameleon action figure. Maybe? What, maybe. How, about, how about a Chameleon convention exclusive Funko Pop?
2: Oh god, are you kidding
0: me? Like, put it as a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive one year. The kids would love it. You know
2: what? The kids would love it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that would have huge resale value, because any Comic-Con exclusive Funko goes for big bucks. Plus, you're going to have at least one completist out there who needs to have all the Doctor Who Funko Pop dolls.
2: He needs all the Doctor Who Funko Pop dolls.
1: Got to get them all. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. But you know something? You know something, I do have I do have something worth your attention. Oh, real?
0: Oh, I know what this is gonna be. Play the music.
2: this episode just needs to fill out some time here. Okay, what you two are bidding on is an attacks card. It's a 2012 Topps Doctor Who Alien Attacks Chameleon card. 47 we're defense, 45 attack. We're bidding on a Topps Chameleon card? Yes.
0: Oh my goodness. They
2: actually, Topps actually printed this shit. Oh my God!
1: I'm guessing it's for some sort of uh, card game, not unlike maybe like a Magic or uh, something like that.
2: Yes, it's a Doctor Who alien attacks card game.
1: Okay, so so it's not
2: uh uh-huh. like
1: a trading card. Okay,
2: right. It's a trading card game, and uh, we're you're going to bid in dollars and cents here, Mike. We haven't heard from you all episode. Why don't you uh, start the bidding, please?
1: I talked about uh, the Magna Carta, and I talked about. Uh, the, the rarity of uh, Funko Pop Dolls at, at Comic-Con. Uh, I've done my, my share of the, the heavy lifting in this episode.
2: Yeah, you're like... It's uh, Dr. Robot. Who. Those two have got it.
1: Well, beyond that, I, I don't feel absolutely great right now, so I, I wanted to limit the amount of, uh, of, of talking I was doing. Okay. Um, can you say how rare this is?
2: Um... I cannot say how rare this is because it does not say.
1: Oh well, that that kind of sucks. It is. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you right
2: now. I can't. I can't tell you anything aside from it's chameleon. It's chameleon. And it ships out of. Check out my cards of the Pacific Northwest.
1: Okay, so it's it's this side of the Atlantic. Okay, yep. I'm gonna say there has to be some demand because it's it's Doctor Who. I'm going to say
2: 1099. 1099 Greg. $1 Bob.
1: <laughs> I got your dollar right here.
2: <laughs> hey, put that away. You might put somebody's eye out. The actual buy it now price of this Alien Attacks card with chameleon on it. A buck forty. Yeah! Jeez! Oh, oh my god. Yeah, uh, you're paying more to ship the damn thing. <laughs> a dollar. No, and I am I am not kidding. It says a dollar forty <laughs> plus four ninety-nine shipping.
1: <laughs> that, that's almost as bad as the uh, golden balls Wii game that sold for two and a half dollars but cost forty-three dollars to ship.
0: What? Are
1: you You're kidding? here for that.
2: I know. I'm just well, thinking to
0: myself. Hey, it's not as ridiculous as like the 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 VHS recorded copy of the tag team pilot. Oh wow!
2: Remember that?
0: Nah, that's a, remember.
1: that's a deep cut.
2: If you want to see both uh, episodes where uh, Chameleon featured, they like to stream the the classic Doctor Who's on Pluto. And I believe uh, Amazon Prime Video as well, and um, either HBO Max or Hulu or BritBox or one of those things.
0: Well, HBO Max just has the new
2: series. So. Okay, never mind. No, then not HBO Max, uh, unless you know, so, unless somebody wants to make a cruel in joke. Which, given what passes for writing in Doctor Who for the last uh, three or four seasons. Wouldn't put it past them. Oh what? Bring Chameleon back from the dead. Bring Chameleon back from the dead. Oh next next they'll bring Adric back from the dead. You know what? That's a good idea. I'm gonna start writing I'm gonna start writing that. I think I think they might have already done it in Big Finish, I think. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, I, hey. And Big Finish. thanks to Big Finish. Nobody. It's like Doctor Who characters and comic book characters. No one is ever really dead. Oh, yeah.
0: Because, I mean, for crying out loud, they, they, they're making what? Uh, they're making a, a new fourth Doctor Adventures series with uh, Tom Baker uh, back in the role as the fourth Doctor. And they have, like, um, Sarah Jane and Harry, back, uh, the characters uh-huh. back in it, which should be pretty good. And it's it's about... actu- and actually, Sarah Jane's being played by Elizabeth Sladen's daughter.
2: Oh, that is awesome. Yes. That is awesome. Well, you know what else is awesome? Our website. It was a thing on tv.com. Yeah. Go there, follow us, learn about the show, learn about us, listen to the past 98 episodes, follow us on all of our social medias, and of course stream our episode where fine podcasts can be streamed. Don't forget like comment subscribe five stars only because we crave attention
0: yeah please get please give us a five star review on iTunes because i mean come on i mean what what have we got like we just we need the five stars we need five, five stars only we are over 10,000 downloads people we need all the reviews we can get
2: yes we do tell yeah. your friends tell your mom tell your friends mom
1: Oh, I should also mention that we got uh, 99 podcasts and Son of the Beach Ain't One.
2: Ah! Oh! And if you have 99 podcasts, that only means that the next one is number
0: 100. Ooh!
2: We're, yeah. we're, we are dragging out all of the in-jokes for the, our next episode as we go back, back, to where it all started.
1: Yeah, uh, we know so much more about the the topic, and if you don't know what the topic is by now, you have not been here for some time. We're going back because we've learned a lot more information about the program in the last year, and uh, we didn't have uh, Dear Chico with us the first uh, episode or two, so he's uh, gonna chime in on that.
0: Yeah, because we didn't have Chico on here till episode two.
1: Yeah, episode two or
0: episode three? Absolutely. I'm a I'm a late
2: straggler. What can I say? Yeah. So we'll finally hear his long-awaited thoughts on this topic.
1: I wonder what it is.
2: You know what? I'll just preface this by saying you guys know this. It worked so much better on paper.
1: Mm. I'll agree. That's not you saying admit.
2: that's not saying much, but there you go. Well, I'll I'll just
0: say after after watching a lot of this, I gotta say.
2: It really has grown on me. It really has. Oh, yeah. And we'll cover it on the next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
0: Wow! Chameleon.
1: No good. Sorry. I'm sorry, too, Chameleon. Destroy me. Please.